What is going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam, and it's time for another family meetup for the Family Times podcast, and it's fantasy football draft season, and my first question to you, Ryan Hallam, is actually two questions. Number one, how are you? Very good, thank you. Number two, have you bought your free draft guide yet? I did buy my free draft. I actually didn't contribute anything to it this year. This was the first year in a while that I didn't I don't have one article in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm perusing it and definitely using it for my own purposes. Uh, drafts are uh, starting to get close. Absolutely. And with that, again, the draft guide free this year. And tell your friends just set up a free Fantasy Alarm account. And then you get a free draft guide. Because free plus free equals... Happy? Yes, and we're free. Either way. But with that, let's talk about kind of the pulse of the fantasy football industry, Ryan. We talk to a lot of people. We have our entire staff always talking with Howard Bender. Love talking football with Bender, who authored the fantasy football draft guide that is, again, for free. And, Ryan, let me ask you this. Who is one player right now that you feel everybody is talking about? Whether or not it's a value they like, someone they're scared S-less of, who is one player? Because I can tell you this. I am hearing just so much positivity regarding Gabe Davis. And we have been for months. I Actually, we did a little fireworks show on Alarm After Hours the other night, 4th of July, on Sirius XM. And I identified him as a sparkler. And actually, Impemba did as well. Because this guy, I feel like, has had so much helium. And everyone's, he's the draft darling, I feel like, at this point. Do you disagree? Oh, he definitely is. I think it's gotten way overinflated. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm seeing things like he's going in like the fourth or fifth round. I, yep. I think it's bananas considering, you know, he's not the number one target on his team. I, you know, I don't know that there's, I mean, he's probably the number two, uh, you know, with Crowder being old and, and broken half the time. But, I, you know, he scores a lot of touchdowns. He has. That's kind of been his thing. And that's, not always easy to bank on, you know. Uh, so I, I do think it has gotten way out of hand <laughs> uh, several rounds ago. Uh, I, you know, probably happy as my third. Uh, I don't even know if I'm happy with my third receiver. Uh, I think we're we're kind of just figuring he's going to keep getting better. Uh, when I don't know that that's necessary the case. Yeah, and this, this is the thing. The utilization of some of the other weapons in Buffalo. I mean, even James Cook, what was that going to lead to? Who's that going to take away from if he's used in the passing game as well? But that shouldn't fully impact Davis too much, at least early on. But what I'm afraid of is that we're talking about him so much right now. In August, that's when the helium tank really blows up on these players. And if you're telling me that you're pushing Gabe Davis to that fourth round because where I'm seeing him go in high stakes leagues and average draft position, he's going towards the end of that fifth round in the last month. But if he goes up to that fourth round, Ryan, I'm just not going to do it. Thinking about some of the other receivers that are going in that area that I'd rather have than Gabe Davis. And even someone, and I know for some reason, somebody else who's being talked about in a negative way. And I really don't know why. Because the draft value really does meet the expectation. Terry McLaurin. 
It just, the contract situation's figured out. We're good. We know what we're getting. Oh, Carson Wentz sucks. He's worked with sucky quarterbacks before and he's had thousand yard seasons, Ryan. What am I missing uh, with this guy who you could get at the end of the fourth round? I'm completely uh, agree with you. I think he's being undervalued. Carson Wentz doesn't suck as bad as the internet will have you believe. Uh, he's a hell of a lot better than Taylor Haneke and every other receiver that, that McLaurin has ever played for. That I, not that I have all of them off the top of my head, but I haven't remembered a good quarterback in Washington in a while. I, does he make terrible decisions? Sure. Does he get hurt sometimes? Yes. But he's not awful. Like, I, I know the Colts, you know, completely crapped the bed and lost to the, the Jaguars and, and missed the playoffs last year. But, I mean, he can throw the ball. And McLaurin is really good. So, I, now with a contract, I, I – I, think he's a, a thousand percent want him over Gabe Davis I mean we talk about who we want as depending on our build as our number two or number three wide receiver I'm fine with that Let, let's just say I'm at the end of one of the rounds right and I have the opportunity to get as maybe my second and third wide receiver if I go wide receiver heavy in my build I could do something like Terry McLaurin and then Allen Robinson I'd be happy as hell with that Another, another player who, by the way, Britt Flynn identified as a breakout or a bounce back candidate for the wide receiver position as part of the free fantasy alarm draft guide. I'll stop saying it now, but I'm pretty much telling you without telling you, go get the guide. All you got to do is click and you get it. No money. It's the best value out there because it's a free value. That's it. It's like a dollar value player in an auction, except it's cheaper than that. That's all I'm going to say about that. But Allen Robinson at this point, we we know what happened last year. Now this year, it's going into a new offense that's going to be throwing the rock a lot. I mean, just somebody else that you're seeing go in the middle of the fifth round, how can you pass up on him? We've seen what this guy could do with quarterbacks that are subpar. Now he's yeah. playing with Matthew Stafford? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Obviously, Cooper Cup is the number one guy, but I mean, let's not forget Robert Woods was putting up great numbers uh, in that offense with Cooper Cup. Uh, and yeah, he's going to a million times better offense. An offense that's going to throw the ball a lot more than the Bears did. Uh, I know he had a lot of drops last year, but I, I don't know. The question where the motivation was for him playing a terrible team, uh, subpar quarterbacking, I, I think he's going to come in and do really well. I'm definitely in, back in on Allen Robinson. Uh, and just yeah, the Rams. You just there's you can't say enough about that change of scenery. Uh, you know, the, the Bears' offense was just dysfunctional outside of David Montgomery and, and I guess Mooney too. Uh, but he's going to one of the more high-powered attacks, and he's just going to be a you know PPR machine, just like Robert Woods was. I mean, if, he, if Allen Robinson came out of the season with 100 catches, I wouldn't be surprised. I would love that, especially fifth-round value there. I'm totally fine with that. And especially in auctions, you're going to get him for cheaper. You're going to get him for about probably, I estimate, 18 to $20, maybe even a little cheaper than that. Wow, 15 to $18 for an Allen Robinson? Sign me up all day and sign yourselves up for fantasy football auctions. And by the way, I have the auction piece as part of the draft guide, just telling you how you can take advantage. Ryan... Are you at the fantasy football auctions? I forget. I know we've yeah. brought oh, it up yeah. before. You are. Okay. I forget Definitely. sometimes. Live. So the, I've done a slow one once. Don't do slow auctions. It, it just, Wait, what do you mean just, slow auctions? Oh, you bid and you bid for over 24 hours. Oh, get the hell out of here with that. What? It's, 
It's the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Don't do it. Wait, explain this. I don't want any of our audience participating in crap like that. So, so someone nominates a player every so often. I can't remember if it was like every hour or something. And then the bid lasts for 24 hours. So say you bid $18 an Allen Robinson, everyone has 24 hours to match that bid. And say they do it with one hour left, it resets for another 24 hours. So you could bid for a player for 10 days. It's awful. I, I was in the middle. I'd never done one before. Uh, and I started one and I bailed out. I, like midway through, I'm like, you have to replace me. I can't do this anymore. It was like just the worst experience of my life. Who do we know that actually likes this? Is there anybody that I know that you know that actually yeah. likes this? Who? John Bosch. That's how I got into it. I don't even know who that is. Oh, uh, he so. does those fantasy uh, eliminators around the uh, fishbowl. He's a good guy. Oh, he's yeah. Good Very good guy. Yeah. 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 I, I, wow. I didn't think there was a way that fantasy football auctions couldn't be fun. That yeah, has now been changed. Yeah, I cannot yeah. believe that. Don't do that. The rush, the adrenaline, that's what it's all about. You take it all the way. Damn, I get slow drafts. I understand that snake. But auction, it takes yeah, all the fun out of it. I do love an auction, though, yeah. If I if I could do only those, I would. But, but you said something interesting. You said live auctions. So does that mean you only like doing auctions when everybody is there in person? Or Because, okay, good. Because I was going to say, oh, so what about on the computer? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's much better in person, but uh, I definitely do them over the computer. Like, for the base, you know, especially the last couple of years, a lot of things have been pushed online that sure. were – live so but it's it's still i prefer to do it all together but you know online is still still a lot of fun yeah if you want to know i'll give you one strategy when it comes to auctions and auction bidding take and i've told howard bender this a thousand times and i have it written in the piece as part of the draft guide that's free oops i said it again the nines getting to the nines it's very important for some reason people have hesitation at least from what i've experienced in fantasy football auctions people have hesitations starting the new decade of bidding so what you can do to cause that hesitation and to be in the driver's seat if you're willing to put in a couple more dollars you're seeing your bidding go up 26 or let's start over 24 25 26 put it up to 29 boom it'll be stopped the bidding will be halted and then someone won't bid until the clock is just down to those final seconds. It causes a glitch in the matrix and in the natural flow. And when you do that, causes people to think, causes people to stop bidding, and you get a player at the good value. Ryan, you got to take advantage of the nines when you're in an auction and especially in a bidding war. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're like, oh, well, this player I don't see as a $30 player, so... uh I go, you know, 29 and it'll make you look, uh, and, and then it'll make, you know, someone not necessarily, uh, you know, want to push that extra dollar where 28 to 20. Yeah. It's an, and you, we've gone over this a million times and I think you, you have so many good strategies, uh, but it's definitely, it's so much psychological in an auction where, you know, redraft or, or snake draft, it's not at all, it's, you know, it's your turn and who's, you know, who's there, but there is so much goes on in your head as far as your budget and how much money you have left and, and just, you know, prices and, and there are a million ways to mess with people's heads in, in auctions. And, uh, 
every time you like, you know, usually almost every time we talk about this, you know, you come up with something different that I think is awesome. Here's one that I think in general in fantasy football drafts, but mainly in auctions, but even in stake, if you can't, if you can't handle paying attention to the board, having your queue ready, stay out of the draft chat. Just stay out of it because nothing good can come from you participating in the draft chat in the moment during that rush that you have someone write something in the chat, you might reveal a player or two that you like that hasn't been drafted yet. You might be taken out mentally from focusing on the draft chat. I never write in the draft chat unless it's maybe one or two words and that's it. I am very silent on that draft chat. Why? Because I'm focusing on the draft itself. Maybe I'll write a ha-ha or good pick, but that's about it, right? I, I just If you can't handle your cue... You should not be draft chatting. Yeah, def- definitely auctions. Uh, oh, auctions you know, especially, man. You'll yeah, miss yeah. something in the blink of an eye. You'll miss half a bidding on a player. Yeah, the only time I would do, like, you know, another thing that we've talked about, or, or, you know, at other times, like, I will never put a, a, you know, nominate somebody I want. Not in the first hour, at least. Uh, so if I'm putting up someone I know I don't want, then eh, maybe. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't chat a lot during drafts. You can do that. Can I give you one recommendation, though? Sure. If you have the opening bid, the opening nomination, rather, throw out a player you want. Just that one. There's hesitation bidding for that first player. People like to see the lay of the land. It's almost like when you were back in high school and the teacher would go, okay, who wants to present first? And no one would raise their hand. Raise your hand. Present first. Put out a player you want. If let's say you wanted someone controversial like Christian McCaffrey, major health risk, throw him out there first. You might be able to get him for cheaper than you think. Christian McCaffrey, I'm estimating, and Ryan, you can tell me what you think, with a $200 budget with top players going, Jonathan Taylor probably going for what, mid-60s? Christian McCaffrey is probably going for 55-60 at this point, at least in that range. Maybe you get him for 40 in when you're putting out your first player. I'm just using him as an example. People tend to hesitate, at least from what I've experienced. So I put out a player that I like and someone who's going in those first few rounds. So it's not someone who's just a dollar value player, someone who's going in those first few rounds. And I've been able to get that player for cheaper because of hesitation bidding. Yeah, I think if you have one of the first few, like maybe the first three nominations. And then people that, warm up and then they're yeah. like, okay, they're ready to roll in. Yeah, no one wants to drop the $55 in the first nomination. Like, oh, now I'm already under $150 and one guy's gone out. So, yeah. And that's, that's another... okay, though. That's that's a misconception. Because I agree. Because a lot of players you can get for $1 to $5. That's what people and, oh, don't, That's what people forget. Quarterbacks. Most of the quarterbacks you're going to get for $1 to $3. Tight ends. Most of the tight ends you're going to get from $1 to $5, and that's it. And, and like, that is where you find your value. So you can't be afraid. At, if you want to go in on Jonathan Taylor, that's the beauty of auctions. Go freaking in on Jonathan Taylor. Go up, bid as much as you want to bid because you know what you're getting in Jonathan Taylor. You'll make up for it on the back end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I know we're talking about football, but I mean, this past year in baseball, uh, you know, I don't know if it was labor or talent or something. I had like four of the first 10 guys, like, and I figured it out after that because, like you said, I mean, people are a little hesitant right off the bat, and you, you tend to be able to get some some pretty decent values. Let's talk about the 
average draft position of one DJ Moore right now. Because I, I do these ADP previews. So people do team previews differently on the radio, Ryan. And you know Howard Bender, Jim Bowden do a great job on Fantasy Alarm. I do it a little bit differently. I preview the team via the ADP so I can talk about what players, other players are going in that range. And if it were me on the clock, who I would draft, this player versus that player. And my producer last night goes, well, you know, we have this Baker Mayfield trade news. Why don't we just do your ADP preview of the Panthers? And I said, no, we can't do that because the ADPs are likely going to shift a little bit. I'm better off waiting a month and then previewing because, yeah, I know there's going to be a, quote, QB competition. Bull crap on a chef's salad, Ryan. You don't trade for Baker Mayfield when you have Sam Darnold and to make it a quarterback competition. They're starting this guy week one against, oh, shocking, the Browns. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, the, the NFL schedule makers saw this coming somehow. I, I, he's definitely absolutely the starter. Uh, and I don't think Darnold would be, I don't think Darnold was starting before this. I really just, I think the rookie was going to start. I think Darnold was absolute trash. I don't know why they picked up his option last year. Uh, I think they're hesitating, uh, regretting that decision every single day. But I won't be surprised if Darnold's the inactive third quarterback every, every week. Or they just decide to finally eat the contract now that they took, you know, took this and didn't have to pay Mayfield's whole contract. Uh, but I, I definitely think he's the starter. I don't. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's great. I think what we saw in Cleveland is what he is. I don't. But he clearly gets an upgrade in weapons. I mean, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Let's not forget. I mean, uh, you know, he was awful last year too. But you know, this is a, a new year, and and I think with a, a better the quarterback situation last year was just awful. Like it's a miracle that DJ Moore had the stats that he had. Uh, so this is an upgrade to me for the for the. Uh, Panthers wide receivers. I wasn't that into DJ Moore despite what he did. And I know that kind of makes me a little bit of a hypocrite because I'm talking about Terry McLaurin, who's in a very similar situation. Poor quarterback play, but still putting up numbers. But now I'm very intrigued by DJ Moore. And I've heard analysts say, well, you know what? The smart move is maybe going after Terrace Marshall for that end of draft dollar value player. Okay, you can do that, but we've seen DJ Moore have so much success and Robbie Anderson being a deep threat will need the attention there. I'm seeing DJ Moore as of right now go towards the end of the fourth round of fantasy football drafts. With Baker there, do you see his ADP rising to the third round now? Or I think it should. Third? I think it. I think it should. I think fourth round is an absolute steal. Like I, I think he could easily come away with 100 catches. Uh, you know, he scores a decent number of touchdowns. I, I think, you know, 90, 90 catches is probably his you know floor. Uh, you know, if he can get a thousand yards and seven or eight touchdowns, I think it's yeah. I think his. I would expect his ADP to to rise. Is it fair to say and justify it by saying, well, look, if you're gonna go after Deontay Johnson who is going right at the end of the third round, and we don't know what his quarterback situation is going to be, shouldn't that justify that we should spend that end of third round pick on DJ Moore? Or can't I justify it like that, comping the two? I, I think they're a good comparison. Uh, I've, I've always been at Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's, I'm a huge fan. It's just the volume is just almost unmatched. Like, all right, so, you know, Ben couldn't throw the ball five yards down the field last year. But dude still racks up, you know, eight to ten reception games all the time. 
you know, doesn't score as many touchdowns. Got you know, had that little dropsy problem two years ago. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of his. But I, I'm putting more right on his level now uh, with with a better quarterback. And like I said, he was really good last year, even in a terrible situation. So I, you know, that to me is a personal preference. I, I think that they're both very comparable players. Guess what Robbie Anderson's ADP is? I would say somewhere in the 13th or 14th round. It's pretty much right there. Maybe even later. Like, this is someone who we've seen produce, has the speed, clearly unhappy, by the way, but you're going to be getting him for a dollar. There were times where I remember where he was, what, a 7th, 8th round pick? I was going in on him last year. Major bust from yours truly. I was going in on him. And I felt stupid because Darnold and Anderson with the familiarity factor, right. I thought that that was going to translate. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I am actually just did a finish the best ball with uh, Superflex best ball with Colton and the Wolfman, and I took Robbie Anderson. I got him the 11th pick in the 16th round. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, look, by then, I mean, I'm look here, here are other players that you're looking at. I mean, someone that's actually going right by him. It's funny, we go back to the Steelers. George Pickens is going right by him. But here's the yep. problem with Pickens, too, because there are so many rookies that I love. For instance, Christian Watson, I feel like, is going to be my most invested player. Yep. I, I mean, Ryan, I, I was looking at this the other night, and the fact that Christian Watson in the last month in high-stakes leagues is going in the 11th round, sign me freaking up all day. Big guy, burst, everything Aaron Rodgers could have wanted that he should have gotten a few years ago. I'm loving this value. And you know what's awesome? Because I feel like people are hating so much on Aaron Rodgers, this and that. I don't think his ADP is going to rise too much even when we hit August. We might be able, when all said and done, to get him right now going the 11th round. We might be able to get him in the 9th, 10th round. I'm I'm more on Watson than I am on Lazard. This this love affair with Alan Lazard gets going on right now. I'm not understanding. He's so I, excited to be the number one wide receiver! <laughs> yeah. Yay! I don't think the the uh, the Packers finally got Rodgers, the guy that he's been wanting for years. And Alan Lazard is just he has some blow up games, yes. But am I ready to say that just because? You know, Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams are gone, that all of a sudden he's going to turn to a star? I don't see it at all. Uh, not on top of the fact he can't stay on the field. Uh, I don't see, Give me Watson over Lazard. I think people are wildly over-drafting over, uh, Lazard right now. Lazard's going at around the 106 spot in the last month. And look, really? Okay. It yeah. seems like it's like... I mean, look, I, I, could, I could put it in the last few weeks, and maybe I should do that, and I'm sure it's, it's a little bit higher than that. But Watson... Going at compared to him going at around 130. I mean that that's a steal. That's a steal right there. That is a calculated swing for the fences play. It's so funny to me because we usually overvalue rookies. Like everyone just like you know, oh this is this guy. This guy's gonna come in and do this, or or you know he's gonna just come in and take over the team. And this is the one time where we're having this old dopey vet and we're just pushing him up when there's an exciting rookie and he's. You know, three rounds later, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, and when you said old dopey vet, I thought you were talking about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, oh, yes, he's an old dopey vet who's good at football still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to throw, you know, he's going to throw the ball a ton. It, no matter like, what we think of him. How about this one? It's kind of like you can draft Sky Moore 
at 114. Or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who our guy John and Pemba loves this year, MVS. MVS sitting there at 133. Just very interesting with some, with the, such a big rookie class seeing where these rookies are going to go. I think because there are so many and there aren't one or two that are just coveted, I think it's going to dilute the ADP and it's going to be general interest and they're not going to be pushed up too much unless major injuries happen. Yeah, and I think I think all the the Chiefs receivers are, to me are being a little over. I don't. I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey is going to be the big beneficiary, and then I think those other guys are just going to kind of spread it out between Hardman and Moore and and Valdez Scantling and and Juju. I don't see any of them, you know, rising above and being anything near what Tyreek Hill was. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a bunch of guys with sixty catches. Uh, look, if MVS is out there for a dollar at the end of my yeah. auctions, fine. No problem. Good. I'll go after it. But you even got, I mean, you have so many of these rookies this year. And a lot of people are even talking about Jamison Williams, and, and he's coming off the injury. You've got healthy guys over here. Chris Olave, very intriguing now. And it's just, you've got so many intriguing rookies. And I know I'm on Terry McLaurin, but even Jahan Dotson as well, someone that we're going to have to watch. There are not too many options in Washington unless unless they figure out and do the right thing and utilize Antonio Gibson as a receiver like they should. And, and if they don't figure that out, then it's going to, Terry McLaurin is going to hit value and then some, and same with Dotson, who's at the bottom of the board or towards the bottom of the board. Yeah, uh, I, I am intrigued by Williams. I, you know, Jameson Williams, I took him in the last round of that best ball that I was just talking about. Uh, you know, hoping in, in, you know, maybe he misses the first month or six weeks and then he can be, you know, what we hoped. I know the Lions offense isn't always exciting, but I mean, they're always behind, so they have to throw and I don't really love many of their weapons. So I don't want to pay the price tag for St. Brown. I'm not doing yeah. that. That, that is one I'm just I'm just not intrigued by it. We just mentioned a bunch of receivers that are going in that fourth, fifth round area. And you're talking about St. Brown. I'd rather have anyone from Cooks, Allen Robinson, even Cortland Sutton over him. There are just so many receivers that are going around him that I would much rather have. Gabe Davis, we were talking about him. I'd rather have Gabe Davis. So it's I'm probably not going to go Gabe Davis, but that is where we're talking about. Everything is in perspective right now. Average draft position. There are players that, hey, you might say you might not want, but if they fall a few rounds, are you going right. to take them? Value supersedes all, but... If you're out on a player, especially in auctions, you got to stick with it and be out on the player and stick to your strategy. So this has been fun, Ryan, talking a little Absolutely. auction strategy and ADPs. And that's really what it's all about, just looking at these boards and feeling the pulse of the people and players who they're talking about. And that's why I want to make sure that we're identifying these players and making sure we're steering all of FA Nation in the right direction. Let's go to the family table, Ryan. What you bringing? You know, we just spent half an hour talking about drafts and everything, but I'm still urging people to wait. <laughs> it, there's so much, you know, we just had obviously not a huge news, but, you know, Baker Mayfield traded and that changes things and injuries and, and things like that. So, man, at least wait till August. I mean, I know we have the fishbowl coming up and that's a, a whole different animal. But, I mean, if you can – at least wait until preseason is maybe even half done. I'm not saying don't start prepping now, but 
drafting this early, unless it's like a best ball or something like that, is is really tough business. Yeah, it, it is. And I know that everybody's eager. I know how much we all love fantasy football. I can't wait to draft. But like Ryan said, you best ball. Absolutely. And participate it. Set it and forget it. That's really what it is. You're drafting and then you really don't have to deal with it anymore. Way new. It's the new way of mock drafting. It's taking mock drafting essentially and putting it to life. Making it into a real draft. And then you don't even have to set the lineup. The scoring's all done for you and everything. So that's a good way to practice mock drafts. They'll help you a little bit, but be careful with automated spots because automated spots and auto drafting are going off a certain system and they're not accounting for the variable change that you're going to experience with you and all of your other league mates being there and that's just again something that's very important and that's why i agree with ryan and that's look start prepping now get to us now on discord on twitter at fighting chance for ryan at fancy sports for me Beat the rush. Don't wait until September 1st, the night before, and be like, ah, got to spend an hour prepping. Ha ha. Who has up high upside? No. Be one step ahead of the game. That's how you win that ring, and that is how you win the title. And something that I'm bringing to the table, and that is the concept of auto auctioning. Unlike snake drafts, which I think do, and at least the draft softwares do a much better job of accounting for if someone's not in the room. You can't have someone not be in the auction room because it takes away the sanctity of the bidding. That team that's auto-auctioning will continue to go up on the next few players on the board until they don't have the max dollars to do so anymore. And it takes away from the fun of the auction. People can then skew it knowing, like, for instance, if I know someone's out and the commissioner was isn't doing anything about it, if I wanted to be a big D-bag about it, I could just then put up multiple quarterbacks and I know that the person who's on auto auction is going to pay for multiple quarterbacks. And it's just not fun. It takes away from the fun. So it's very important with fantasy football auctions. Everybody needs to be there. You can't have auto-auctioning. Pre-ranking, by the way, does not work. I've tried to pre-rank. I've experimented with it. Pre-ranking all the bits, it doesn't work. For some reason, it just doesn't. For snake drafts, it works. It gives you a cue when you pre-rank. Doesn't work like that with auctions. And Ryan, I'm just saying, man, you can't get rid of it. And unfortunately, if a player is brought up and someone's out of the room and then that team is bidding... horrendously on the player you're gonna have to roll it back out of fairness yeah it's horrible in drafts i don't i don't even like to cue players in snake drafts i i want to because you don't know what's going to happen before like you know oh i could go oh i'm gonna wait want this guy in four picks and then four picks later this guy that i didn't you know that i thought was going to go is still sitting there so I, I don't even like, I don't like to make auto picks. I don't like to cue players. I like to just make the decision at the moment my turn comes up. And yeah, it, it, like it, auto and auctions is just a disaster. Like you said, there's so many ways to manipulate that to make that team suck, which, you know, on one hand, okay, you deserve it if you don't make the draft, but at the same time, it's just not cool. It does kind of ruin everything. Yeah, it's it's just really unfortunate. And at the end of the day, we want all the drafts and the auctions, we want everything to be fair. And it's one thing, like I said, with 
auto drafting and snake drafts the auto system on these softwares though especially the free ones they have it figured out when it comes to auctions they just don't and that's from a bunch of years of experience not like i've missed auctions but i've seen it a thousand times you can follow ryan on twitter at fighting chance you can follow me at fence d sports matt sells on a well-deserved vacation. I almost said sabbatical, like he quit the company. No, he didn't. He just has a little bit of time off there, so we're hoping he's having a great time. Make sure you go to fantasyalarm.com. Get the free draft guide articles coming out, what seems to be often and very heavy in depth. And so when you go to fantasyalarm.com, you will see everything updated as our draft guides are living, meaning something happens, things change, Articles get pulled down and rewritten so we can redirect everybody because you'll always have to account for variable change and a family that sticks together wins together.